Good morning. Wow. I just thought of this. The other night, I had the privilege of hearing who you Alabama people talk about all the time. I never heard him. I'm sorry. I'm going to sign up in the morning. I heard Dr. Kevin Elko. They call him Coach Saban's coach. Talks to Alabama, NFL teams. Oh, my goodness. This guy's from West Virginia. Isn't there somebody else from West Virginia? Come on, Alabama. Isn't that where Saban's from? Okay, anyway. Phenomenal communicator, and he talked about self-talk and how we need to talk to ourselves. And this guy was a Christian, and he was just weaving the gospel in there. It was, it was incredible. So anyway, I, I just thought I'd share that with you. Okay, here it is. Be alert. Right across the top. Somehow, I don't know how it got left off. His return is the series. We're talking about the return of Christ. He'll come again. How many believe Christ will come again? I hope I convinced you last weekend. That's what the Scripture teaches. And this weekend... Uh, last weekend was be informed and be ready. Well, hey, this weekend, be alert. How many of you are alert today? Amen. Hey, man. Somebody's like, man, I ain't telling you I'm alert. I'm fixing to drift off real quick. All right, let's just go ahead and do a little honest confession. When you get really, really tired, do your eyes get really, really heavy? And do you drift? But, of course, never in this place. That was not funny. It was like yesterday, I hadn't been sleeping extremely well the last couple of weeks, and uh, uh, I, I think I did it one day, and then I think yesterday came in, we'd been running with the grandkids and doing all this, and Donna looked over there, and Pop took a little break. I, I was meditating on this scripture. Nah, I'm not even lying. I mean, I was not meditating. I went out. She goes, do you do that often? I go, no, not really, but I don't know. I just have that ability, and I want y'all to be alert. I want us to be sharp. There's a premise of why I'm telling you this story. I want you to be alert for the second coming of Christ. And we talked last weekend that we shall be caught up in, caught up with Christ in the air. Those that are dead shall precede us and they shall rise and we shall be caught with the Lord Jesus. Is that called a rapture event? Is that awesome? Yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to that. You're like, how do you get on that trip? I want to go. Put your faith in Jesus Christ. And man, if Christ comes before he takes you to be home, Hey, you get caught up in this wonderful thing called the rapture, the return of Christ, the bride. Christ comes for his church. You know, being a pastor, I do weddings. And, and I've stood at the front of the church a lot of times, and, and, and the doors open, whether it be in this place, and although we don't really do weddings here like we used to, because being so contemporary, people decide other places, and that's great with us, because there's a lot of disconnection to make it happen. But when, when doors swing open, everybody turns around in great anticipation to see a beautiful woman come down the aisle. And she comes for her groom. And he goes, glory. And he cries and he laughs and he smiles so big. And we've been there. And somebody here saying, yeah, I've been there more than once. Well, no, 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 no. Okay. But you stand there and you wait for him coming. I have been at weddings. I have participated in weddings. And you see, we don't just do it on the bridal march coming anymore. We have gotten very contemporary in the church. And this is one of those places I love contemporary. Started contemporary church 21 years ago. But, you know, we used to know what song you're coming on. Now we got no clue what song you're coming in on. And we stood there and you wait. And it's a little crazy when you're waiting and you're hoping they're coming. And you wait and you wait and everybody's looking. And the thought has occurred to me, thank God it's never happened. May it never happen. The bride has always come. And if we, she does, there's glory and joy in the room. You're saying, well, let me tell you a sad story. No, later. If it didn't happen, if the, if the bride didn't come, 
That wouldn't be a very fun service, would it? No. And here's what I'm saying. There is the bride, and he will come for his church, and he will come just as he said he would. I told you last week, and maybe you did this week, read 1 Thessalonians, just a few chapters. And we're now we're finding ourselves in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. But as you look here, we all know when the bride comes in for the wedding. Well, we all know when the bride of Christ, when, when he comes for his church, and, and there's something about when we know God's word, that there's confidence in knowing God's word. When we know what scripture teaches, it just builds us up. And yet here in Thessalonians, at Thessalonica, he's talking to the people, and there was great persecution, as we find many places in Scripture. We find it all around the world today. And true believers will grow through persecution because persecution for the one that's in Christ drives them to the heart of God. Do you believe that? It just does. It drives you closer to Christ. It's amazing. I love that song we sang, Closer. You just connect. There's more intimacy. There's greater union. But let's look here at this thing, God's timetable, if you will. Number one, fill it in. The rapture of the church that I talked about last weekend. I was just story of the day. That's where it starts in these particular cataclysmic events. There's just that wonderful thing called the rapture, rapio, being caught up with Christ in the air. And as he catches his own, and the day of the Lord, as we talked about last weekend, if, if you need to go back and listen to the podcast, dreadful, disillusioned, painful, horrible day of the Lord that happens and all that breaks loose. Oh my goodness. But I believe, as I interpret scripture, that we get to escape so much of this judgment of the tribulation that he takes us out of here. How many of you believe that? Don't, don't raise your hand. Like, Somebody's like, I ain't raising my hand because I don't believe that. Here's what I know. This is what I believe scripture teaches. But regardless, if I've got these events exactly right, or I don't, or your granddaddy did, or somebody else did, I know Christ will sort it out, and I know Christ will come again for his church. Amen? And he's coming again. And Paul explained about the apostasy and the man of lawlessness and the restraint of lawlessness, and you're going, i got no clue. Oh, I'm glad you're here. I'm going to talk to you about that. So the man of sin gets revealed. This man of sin has 50 different titles in Scripture, and one of the most common names that we use, we call him the Antichrist. Now, you don't want to be called the Antichrist. <laughs> that is not good. Now, the Scripture teaches that the spirit of the Antichrist is in the world today. Now, let me just say this. Dear over decades of presidents, I know about the Woodrow Wilson, I'm sure before him, I'm sure after Trump, whatever, people will go, this person must be the Antichrist. I think you've got to be careful calling anybody the Antichrist, okay? But it could be that the spirit of the Antichrist dwells or works through people. How many believe that? But when this Antichrist, this final one, this beast Different titles in Scripture, when he appears, when he comes, oh my goodness, there will be a false rule, there will be a false peace, there will be a one world union. You know, that's why we, everybody gets all worked up when we talk about one world currency and all those kind of things as, as things align in the Middle East. And we could go through all the prophecy and we, we'll do some of that today. But don't forget, before the day the Lord comes, the Antichrist comes. He goes into the temple and he does the ultimate satanic act of desecration by setting himself up as God. 
Isn't that really what happened in Isaiah in the Old Testament where it says Lucifer was the lead worshiper? He was head of legions of angels, and he decided that he wanted glory for himself. And the Bible says that God cast him what? Out of heaven. And here's the thing, but this Antichrist, he wants to set himself up full of himself, full of pride. And the sad thing is he will, he will do counterfeit miracles. And we read in the Old Testament where some people had some power of the other side, not of the power of the supernatural Jehovah, not of God. And they begin to do things that sometimes it would bring confusion. And here in this Antichrist, the same kind of thing will happen. God will repeat it and it'll be tough. Uh, look at Daniel 9. Other passages just begin to dig through Daniel, uh, Matthew 24. This three and a half years after the Antichrist makes a covenant with the Jews. It's a fascinating study to get in here. But I go back to a verse that I love from the Apostle Paul, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 11. Be strong in the Lord. Right now, it is a great day for you and I to be strong in Jesus Christ that we can endure the persecution that is in our life and is it ahead. How many of you believe that persecution is going to get rougher in the years that precede us? How many believe that? I, I do. I just think we're in the last days. You're saying, no, 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 no. I didn't say I, when Jesus was coming. The Bible says Jesus doesn't know. The Father hasn't revealed it to him. But he says he will come again. But I would say persecution will increase in the last days. And I think we live in the last days. And you're saying, well, it might be your last days. It probably is my last days, yours too. But we're closer to the second coming of Christ. And so we look there and we see just this whole rapture of the church. And there in 2 Thessalonians, I want you to move to the next blank quickly. The revelation of the Antichrist. Now, a lot of times people are like, man, I want to hear about that Antichrist. I want to hear about the beast. When I, I did youth ministry for a lot of years, Don and I did. And it was always amazing. Teenagers had two subjects they asked me about. Every time we got ready to go to sleep, we'd be in these big cabins and there'd be all these guys and they'd be cutting the food. You know, Blake, you know, don't you? And everybody's having a big time. And then all of a sudden, it'd be like, right, we gotta go to bed. Keith, Keith, what? Let's talk about the beast. Like, I don't wanna talk about the beast. I wanna go to sleep. <laughs> like, we need to talk about the beast. Then they go, Keith, you still awake? Yeah, I'm still awake because you won't leave me alone. Can we talk about sex? No, we ain't talking about sex right now. We had a sex talk last night. We're going to have it tomorrow night. We're going to have it next week. We're going to have it next month. Well, that's the only two things I want to know about, the sex and the beast. And I'm like, well, you see what I'm doing? I got out of youth ministry, okay? Anyway. No, I did it for two decades. I loved it, man. Blake, do, do teenagers ask you those kind of questions sometimes? Yeah, <laughs> All right, Blake's a little smarter than I am. Blake says they just go to sleep. Okay, all right, here we go. So the, <laughs> that was an awesome answer, dude. The revelation of the Antichrist. Now, some people obsess about it. Now, that's not my goal here. And nobody's going to figure all this out. Even the great uh, theologian, St. Augustine, he says, I don't have all this figured out. I'm, um, I'm not on the planning committee. I'm on the welcome committee. <laughs> And he just says, man, I, I, I don't know about all this. And he knew these profound doctrines of faith that he would write about, that he would share about from Romans all through the book. But there's this revealing the Scripture talks about of lawlessness. lawlessness. You say that three times in a hurry, okay? Lawlessness, okay? Just look here in, in verse 3. 2 Thessalonians 
chapter 2. Look there, verse 1. Concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our being gathered to him, we ask you, brothers, not to become easily unsettled or alarmed by some prophecy, report, or letter supposed to have come from us. There was this false letter circulating saying that the day of the Lord has already come. Don't let anyone deceive you in any way, for that day will not come until the rebellion occurs and the man of lawlessness, that's the Antichrist, is revealed. The man doomed to destruction. He will oppose and will exalt himself over everything that is called God or his worship so that he sets himself up in God's temple proclaiming him very self himself to be God so the scripture just really delineates it it just shares out here here's this man of, of lawlessness and he um, erects himself he he picks himself up he asks that he be worshiped there's a story in the old testament you think about Nebuchadnezzar though wicked king and he had a 90-foot bronze statue to himself, and he wanted people to worship him, and he wanted people to bow down to him. And we know from the Old Testament that some uh, three Hebrew boys did not. Shadrach, who? Meshach and Abednego. Why does nobody ever name their kids that? I don't know. But anyway, but maybe our fourth one could be Shadrach. I don't know. Anyway, uh, but the, uh, th this whole thing, I mean, they, they wouldn't bow. So there's that principle in the Old Testament. You don't bow before any God but the true God, Jehovah. In this world, and you talk about the mark of the beast, and we'll talk about it a little bit, and in the tribulation, and they're going to have the mark, and some people are going to, many are going to take it on and others won't. You just don't bow to anybody but King Jesus. And the church said, I mean, that's who we got to bow to. Our allegiance has to be to Christ. They say, well, my allegiance is to myself. I said, our allegiance has got to be to Christ, not to ourselves, not to our parents, not to our coach, not to our favorite friends, not to our girlfriend, not to our boyfriend, not to our husband, not to our wife, not to our kids. Our allegiance goes to Jesus. Just write somewhere in the note today. you got room. My allegiance has to be to Jesus Christ. And here's he's just trying to set them up and trying to tell them, man, there's Satan here. He's a counterfeiter. He's going to oppose God as he always has. So study God's word that when the enemy comes, even before this tribulation period or all these events that we're talking about, that the word of God does not get plucked away from your heart. That's what I love about what our students are learning, what our children are learning, what adults are learning, that we're learning to be people, to be champions of the word of God, and we're learning what God's word says, that we might hide it in our hearts, that we might not sin against him. So if we don't know what God's word says... Man, we, I promise you, you're going to be on the road, the path, the destruction, and you're going to be doing some things like, man, I'm falling away. I'm not exalting Christ. But this man, he opposes all law. Listen to this. He introduces himself under the title of the man of lawlessness, and then he calls him the son of destruction. In verse 9, he calls him the coming one in accord with the activity of Satan, the man of lawlessness or the man of sin, the son of perdition, the son of destruction or the son of of whatever here he's the lawless one coming who functions in accord with satan and all these are titles known as the anti-christ anti it means he's against christ or instead of christ himself that's what it means to be anti it means to be against or it means or I, i'm not going to worship christ instead i will worship this and we all worship something would, would anybody here this morning agree that we all worship something we do. I mean, I, we, 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 I kid about it right here, and I really enjoy it. But if we're not careful, we worship football in the state of Alabama, do we not? And somebody said he was preaching really good till he just said that. No, stop it. Well, this is probably a great weekend to talk about that since y'all did not win your 14,000th championship. 
And we could talk about worshiping something else. Worshiping King Jesus. Amen? We worship the King. Men in worship, you come in here. We don't sing songs like, they need something to do. They're just getting filler. We're not getting filler. We're getting the songs of the kingdom. I love it, man. Our grandkids, they, they learn these songs right here, and they'll, they'll like break out in a little song, or they're, they're learning other little scripture songs, and they sing those. And I mean, do you not get a song stuck in your head sometimes and you can't quit singing it? You're like, well, yeah, but the song I'm singing, you don't want to hear it. Then you need to worship Jesus, what I'm talking about. You know what's amazing? Music is so powerful. Well, how many of you agree right now? If you go back, if you're over the age of 35, are there not songs right now trapped in you that you remember every nuance, every key change? You know everything about that song. And if you're really wicked, you could even go back to where you were. But don't do that. And somebody laughs. Somebody said, no, I don't want to go there. But these songs of worship, these songs of adoration, these songs of blessing, these songs of praise, these songs that bring us in the, to the presence of God. So here he goes. Somebody had come and had lied to them, had passed around this letter or whatever, and deceived them. And then he says this, you can't be in the day of the Lord because the, the rapture has to happen first. And you haven't been raptured. I mean, it's amazing how today false ideologies, false theologies will come into the church of Jesus Christ and they'll have partial truth. And if we don't know our Bible, we'll, we'll just buy into it, we'll embrace it, we'll fall for it, and we'll go down the path that God never intended. So this day of the Lord, he, he's going to find out here about the Antichrist. Matter of fact, I was uh, doing a lot of study this week. I, I mean, this, this message, oh my goodness, it's just so much. You, you, you're just getting all these theories and everything. But then uh, John MacArthur makes the comment that was so fascinating. He goes, but if there truly was almost a manifestation of the spirit of the Antichrist, he actually named out a guy. He says, I think this guy possessed it like nobody, but he was not the Antichrist. The spirit of the Antichrist is at work in him. He named him Adolf Hitler. And I would agree. What an atrocious man that was made in the image of God like we are, but how he annihilated the Jews and human race and wars and all of these things and had potentiality like nobody else. And did, did he just want to destroy life? And, and, and so when I think about it, I think it's a historical example of the Antichrist. It was just wicked. And if you don't believe me, ask your parents or your grandparents about World War II. My dad, being a Purple Heart recipient of World War II, I would try to talk to my dad when I was little about the war. And my dad would just look at me and goes, we just can't go there. I go, yes, sir. He was 17 years old when they took him out of high school to go to World War II. It was very common for people in their 90s. And I thought, man, what a sobering thing, man. He's like, oh, it was, it was dark, son. It was dark. And I go, yes, sir, and I just left it alone. Let me, let, me, let me give you something here, though. Turn over to Revelations with me. You're like, man, he's going to do it. Blake, he's going to do it. He's not going to sleep. He's going to the beast. Turn over to Revelation 13, verses 5 through 8. The very second word, the beast. I just got everybody. I've never seen so many Bibles turning here in all my life. All the kids are going, Blake, Blake, passing Bibles out. We use every week, man. Pass them out. I want to look. I want to look. It's amazing. You say sex or beast, and people are like, man, I'm with you, man. Talk about it. The beast was given a mouth to utter proud words and blasphemies to exercise his authority for 42 months. 
What is 42 months? The tribulation is a how many year period? Seven. What is half of it? Th- thank you very much. You're smart. You know what's amazing, Jamie? Everybody else is thinking, I'm not real quick with math. I don't know. Three and a half, 36 and six, 42. Okay, here we go. 42 months. He opened his mouth to blaspheme God and to slander his name and his dwelling place. And those who live in heaven, he was given power to make war against the saints to conquer them. And he was given authority over every tribe, people, language, and nation, and all the inhabitants of the earth. Inhabitants. Inhabitants. Excuse me. You're just looking at me. I'm trying to get this out here. All the inhabitants of the earth will worship the beast, all whose names have not, look at that, underline it, all names who have not been written in the book of life belonging to the lamb that was slain from the creation of the world. Man, I look at that and I go, wow, the beast was given a mouth. The beast has great power. He was given authority for three and a half years, for 42 months, to rule, to reign here. He, the Antichrist, he is not Satan, but he is under the control of Satan. Now, let me just pause here when we're talking about the spirit of the Antichrist. The spirit of the Antichrist is at work in this world today. Do you believe that? It is. The Antichrist is not here yet. But the spirit of the Antichrist rules. And uh, here he is. We talked in verse 4, and you look through this. He's, self, he's a self-proclaimer. He proclaims himself as God. He's a silver-tongued kind of devil. He deceives with signs and wonders, and he's a destroyer. He's a son of perdition. Just not a good thing. He, he wants to do horrible things against Christians, against the body of Christ, against the church. And you, and you go all through this, and, and I don't have time to cover it all right now, but you get into this 70 weeks and how many years it is and there's a, like a 69 week and then there's a week gap and of course we don't understand when we don't when we have gaps but God's fine with gaps and then this fills in the gap of the last seven years there's this uh, seven year period of the tribulation and the and the tribulation is broken into two parts and three and a half and here he is and this antichrist rises up and he has great power and he masquerades as an angel of light and he has these powers and he has the power to perform miracles and people will follow him and people will take on his mark and you're going oh keith well you just have to study scripture and you begin to see that he's revealed and listen to revelation 13 13 write it in your notes and it and he performed great signs even causing fire to come down from heaven to the earth in full view of the people Here's what I want you to look at today. Don't lose view or focus on the Lord Jesus Christ. Don't get so wrapped up in the beast and obsessed with the beast that you miss Jesus. I want you to look at Christ. In this. So listen to 1 John 4, 1 through 3. I just want you to hear this. 1 John 4, 1 through 3. Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but Test the spirits to see whether they're from God because many false prophets had gone out into the world. This is how you can recognize the Spirit of God. Every spirit that acknowledges that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God, but every spirit that does not acknowledge that Jesus is from God, this is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard is coming and even now is already in the world. That's why I know the spirit of the Antichrist is operational today because John tells us here, the spirit of the Antichrist is ever-present. He's working. Listen to 1 John 2.22. Just you back up a few pages. Who is the liar? It is whoever denies that Jesus is the Christ. Such a person is the Antichrist, denying the Father and the Son. That's what the Antichrist does. He goes against. Instead of Christ, it's something else. And here, Christ wants us to worship him. It's the whole point of a worship service. 
to acknowledge Jesus, to grow in the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, to worship him, to honor him, to bless him, to receive to him, to give to him. That's what worship is, man. We give our allegiance. We give our best back to God. So just write a little side note. This is real practical right now. Have I given my best to Christ? Did you give your best offering today? No, man, I got to have lunch, bro. I got to drive a cool car. I got to live in this house. I tell people, Don, I'll tell you this. I've been telling people this for 35 years. When you set your budget, you set the Lord Jesus number one in your budget, and then everything else comes under the Lordship of Jesus Christ. But when you decide to live in this house and drive this car and put God here, I'll go ahead and tell you something I've learned from 35 years of pastoring. Jesus will get two to maybe three percent tops. Because it just doesn't work when you do math from the bottom. When you do it from his perspective, it's just amazing how God works it out. His church also flourishes when people believe that. But let's go. That's my tithing message for today. Okay, so Isaiah 11.4. It's going to come up on the screen. But with righteousness, he will judge the needy and the justice. He will give decisions for the poor of the earth. He will strike the earth with the rod of his mouth, the breath of his lips. He will slay the wicked. I mean, you, you read all this, you're like, man, this all this slaying stuff and uh, demonic activity and, and, and going against God and, and being against Christ. And, and then he moves on down through here, and there's different possibilities as I studied this. About It says he will restrain him. He will hold him back, this man of lawlessness. So three possibilities I learned as I was studying this was the government could be the one that restrains, and they certainly have that capacity, and the law, the, the ability to curb evil. Secondly, the ministry and activity of the church is somehow limited, and I, I definitely think it's not even present in, uh, in the tribulation, because I told you last weekend, after, if you can show me this week, please show it to me, after Revelation 3, the church is removed. Who's the church? Who's the church? We are, the body of Christ. I do not see the church after chapter 3. I think the church gets removed in the rapture. But the Holy Spirit uh, is still present because the Bible teaches that there will be some, it will be very difficult. But it says that some Jews and Gentiles will be saved in the tribulation. And so that means to me the Holy Spirit has to be present for regeneration. When you got saved, did you know the Holy Spirit was working? Did you know the Holy Spirit was at work? Sure he was. He regenerated you. He gave you new life, didn't he? And here he is. So the Holy Spirit is still here. It's just when the church, can you all imagine, just think for a minute, just get, get in your sanctified mind. Could you imagine if all the churches for the next two weeks just took vacation and left America? What would happen to America? Any idea? I'd be scared. I mean, I'd be deeply concerned because the church has the presence of God, the presence of the Holy Spirit working. And here, man, the Holy Spirit's gone. And, and then the third one is the restrainer. I think it's the Holy Spirit. Didn't the Holy Spirit restrain you from sin? Yeah. Can you resist the Holy Spirit? Yeah. And here, this great restrainer, uh, he, he, he's, he's pulled away. And uh, so there's this apostasy that just, it's a big theological word, just means falling away. There's this falling away from the ways of Christ. And so after the rapture here, he talks about the lawless one. They will have greater freedom to enact lawless policies and, and they'll act out on their own. But I, I, you got to see this. All right, so we're in chapter 2. Moving down here with me. And look down here in verse 9. Move there with me. Let me read verse 8 and I'll set it up. And the lawless one will be revealed whom the Lord Jesus will overthrow. Look at this. This next part is so awesome. Teenagers, I want you to get excited about this. 
the Lord Jesus will overthrow with the breath of his mouth and destroy by the splendor of his coming. Is that awesome? The Antichrist is so powerful in the tribulation and he's deceiving people and he's working miracles and all this stuff. But then when King Jesus comes in, in his aura of all his mighty angels, when Christ mounts up on the white horse, when, when Christ comes back, oh man, look, look at that verse. It says what? When he's displayed in all, the breath of his mouth will destroy the Antichrist. Just Christ being on the scene, he's dust. You ought to clap your hands or say praise God or something here, man. This Antichrist, man, he, he's powerless compared to the one who is life. He's God himself. He blows him away. Here, here's what I know. Write it somewhere in your notes today. The Antichrist is no match for King Jesus. Satan is no match for Jesus. Now, God has allowed Satan to be the prince of this world that we live in today. Would y'all say he's doing a pretty good job? Wait a minute. Do y'all think Satan's doing a pretty good job? Yeah, I mean, he's wreaking havoc. He's destroying people. You met anybody like that had their life destroyed? Oh, yeah, man, me. Her, him, yeah, yeah. All right, so he's out there. He's reigning. He's ruling. Who's the prince of peace, though? Jesus Christ. Who's the conquering king? Jesus Christ. Who's the one that'll come again? Jesus. Who wins? Who won at the cross? Jesus. Satan thought he won, but through the resurrection, he said, man, I'm a loser. And here, eventually, he gets bound up, gets cast into the lake of fire to get tormented forever and ever. And I get, man, I get excited about that, man. Who wants to live for that turkey? All right, here we go. Look at Revelation. Turn over Revelation. Turn to 19. Turn to Revelation 19. You're like, wow, I love this, Pastor. Here it is. 19, verse 11. Y'all just listen. I don't hear that much. Oh, that's a glorious sound. I've almost lost that sound in the church with your digital items. Okay, here we go. I saw the heaven standing. I saw the heaven. I saw heaven standing open, and there before him was a white horse whose rider is called Faithful and True. Who is that? Jesus. With justice, he judges and makes war. His eyes are like blazing fire, and on his head are many crowns. He has a name written on him that no one knows but himself. He is dressed in a robe dipped in blood, and his name is the Word of God. The armies of heaven were following him. Guys, hey, hey, you Air Force guys, is this pretty cool army? I mean, I know y'all play army. Well, you don't play army. I mean, you, you are. You know, are y'all Air Force? Okay, so you play Air Force. Okay, but look here. This, this army, it's following Jesus, riding on white horses and dressed in fine linen, white and clean. Guys, that is, that is majestic. Verse 15. Out of his mouth comes a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations. He will rule them with an iron scepter. He treads the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God Almighty. And on his robe and on his thigh, he has his name written. It doesn't go general whoever it goes king of kings and is this a pretty awesome sight when's the last time you heard this in church you're like man this is in the book i can't wait for blake to hate me now because all the kids are gonna be blake we got to study this we got to tear it apart man bless you blake okay let's keep going here we go most of the world this time worships the beast but the antichrist he gets slayed he gets taken out king jesus and here's what I'd say to us this morning. 
In the garden, a lie was propagated. And that lie has been going ever since. And in the tribulation, lies continue through the Antichrist. And we just need to be men and women, boys and girls of God's word. And what does God teach? And we need to realize that if we're not careful, we can develop hardness in our heart. We can be deceived. Matter of fact, there, there's a scripture here. The, uh, verse 9, we read that. And then you saw that, the counterfeit miracles, signs, and wonders, and verse 10. And in every sort of evil that deceives those who are perishing, they perish because they refuse to love the truth and so be saved. This is happening today. People are rejecting Jesus Christ. And it's sad. It breaks my heart because I know what awaits them if they die is hell because Christ has come that we might escape judgment, that we might have our sins forgiven and covered by the blood of Christ. So the scripture here talks about these warning signs of, hide, of hardness when we disobey uh, our heart. When we disobey, when we're in rebellion, our hearts get calloused, our hearts get hard. I, I would just pose a question this morning. Has your heart ever gotten hard about a situation? You're going, yeah. Like that girl I used to date, oh, yeah, my heart, heart. Told her to go take a hike. Oh, that was really awesome. Okay, okay. Or you said, did your heart ever get hard toward your parents? Yeah, I hadn't talked to them in 10 years. Has your heart ever got hard toward another person? Yeah, they used to be my best friend. Used to eat all my food. Now I don't even talk to them. Horrible. So I'm saying here, man, Jesus just warns us here. And in these last times in the tribulation, Jews and Gentiles will be saved in a seven-year period. I don't know how many. Of course, then you can go there and read the 144,000, and that's a whole other topic for another day. But Satan, here's what I've learned. Satan always appeals to man's pride. Doesn't he do that today with us? He does. And here through the tribulation, he's, a, he's appealing to the, to the pride of man. But eventually, as we read here in Scripture, he gets slain. In Matthew 24, 24, For false messiahs and false prophets will appear and perform great signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. This spirit of son of perdition of the Antichrist is really overwhelming. And, and I just, I find comfort in knowing that I believe we escape that as believers in Christ. But here's what I know. Let's say that I missed this part. I know that Jesus Christ is with me. Those that Christ has bought, those that Christ resides in, Christ will allow us to do, endure anything. How many is Christ allowing you to endure something right now in your life? Christ is with you. Christ is your hope. Christ is your strength. So Christ will be with us. He, he doesn't leave us alone. You know, there, there's something about knowing that you're comforted. Matter of fact, this, this would be the thing. Last night, the kids spent the night with us because mom and dad are at the hospital with their new son. And Ramsey stays with us, but last night, just a little hard because things had changed and there was a new addition and she wanted to be with her mom and dad. And once she got comforted and she knew she was in the comfort of her Mimi and her pop, and things just kind of settled in. How much greater is the comfort that you and I have when we're in the comfort of our Heavenly Father? I was just thinking about Nathan a minute ago. and Man, I love that guy. We used to work out at the YMCA. I would see him at night. And every time I talked to him, he only wanted to talk about two things. The first one didn't particularly crank my clock. University of Alabama football. <laughs> the second one, and he boasted in like nobody I've met. He would boast in Jesus. And he would talk about how excellent the name of Jesus was and how great Christ was in his life and what he was learning in Scripture and what it meant to follow Christ wholeheartedly. And I would just sit there and go, 
the brother can sing, but the brother can preach. And we would just share Christ. And I think Nathan finished his journey. And the Bible says a minute ago that the dead in Christ will precede us, that we shall be caught up in the cloud. I know you're going, Keith, you're hung up on that. You ought to be hung up on this, okay? So Revelation 19, 19, Then I saw a beast and the king of the kings of the earth and the armies gathered together to wage war against the rider and the horse and his army. All I know is Luke 18, 8. Write down this verse quickly. Luke 18, 8. I tell you, we'll see... I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? That's a great question for us to ask today. If Jesus broke the sky today, would he find faith in me and you? And you'd go, oh, absolutely. With confidence, my faith is in Jesus Christ. Um. I'm going to ask Melanie to come. There was a story that I want to share with you quickly about um, a couple that had served the purposes of Christ. And they'd been on the mission field for like 45 years out in Africa, proclaiming, seeing tribes, one to Jesus. They were amazing. It was toward the end of their life. They were now getting old, and now it was time to come back to America. And they, in those days, they couldn't fly so much. They always boarded ships. And they got on the ship, and they made their way back to America. They were making their track. And on the way home, they heard this amazing band, and everybody was partying. They thought, man, maybe it's for us, for our faithfulness. And they looked over, and there was, a, there was a president. He was President Roosevelt. And he'd been on a two-week wild safari expedition killing animals. And they were making all this band fanfare about him coming home. He'd been gone for two weeks. Though missionary, the man... He got perplexed, and he just went over to the side, and he goes, maybe he was feeling sorry for himself. He's throwing a pity party, and he goes, I don't get it. I don't get it. I served Jesus Christ for 45 years, and there's not even a hello committee. And he had a really wise wife, and she just went over to him, and she knew. She put her arm around him, and she said, honey, you're not home yet. You're not home. And it'd be fine for people to throw parties for you. We've done that for our family when they came, come home or whatever. But man, this one, Jesus is going to get us home one day in each church. And we're not home in this land. We're just pilgrims. We're just sojourners. We're just making it through this land. And I'm just trying to walk us through, trying to look at some different biblical truth than we usually look at as we look at the second coming of Christ. But look at this critical observation with me. Fill it in. The book of Revelation never uses the term antichrist. Other places, but here it doesn't. Although this figure has a number of other titles throughout Scripture, he is called the man of lawlessness, little horn, and the beast out of the sea. And you can see other titles about him. I, I just want to bring uh, information to you. I want to bring revelation to you. But when it's all said and done, today, I just pray you're going, I just want to worship Christ. Man, Christ is greater than my sin, and he's greater this, than this antichrist we talked about today, the beast. He's a great God. He is worthy of my devotion. Let's pray. Father, we're grateful for this morning to gather in your house with your kids and with people that want to hear. Lord, take your word and make a deposit in our hearts. Teach us truths that we do not know. 
But Lord Jesus, I ask that you help us to be faithful to you who is forever faithful. When I'm faithless, when my friends are faithless, have mercy on us, Lord Jesus. But quickly, get us back to the path where our hearts don't get hard, when we don't get in rebellion, but we say, I will follow you. Lord, in this room, let people rise up today. Maybe they're coming back to faith. Maybe they're considering faith. Maybe they're deep in the faith. But help us to be people that follow you wholeheartedly. Lord, today, in honor of my friend Nathan, I pray that we would become Nathans, that we would follow Christ wholeheartedly after the King. Glorify your name today.